So this uh, morning, this morning's uh, Dharma talk titled "Shila Samadhi and Prajna Pranya." Sounds good, anyway. Shila Samadhi and Prajna. It's a traditional teaching of Buddhism. I've talked about it before. I'm going to talk about it again. I usually don't say anything twice, unless I do. The way I uh, talk about this would probably be quite a bit different than the way it would be talked about in ancient times when it first arose as a, a teaching of the Buddha. So Shila is uh, sometimes called morality, sometimes discipline. Um, samadhi is uh, not too or sometimes uh, talked about as meditation. And prajna is uh, seen deeply into the nature of something. And sometimes is a translation of that word would be wisdom. Or uh, simplifying, I would say, shila, sit down, samadhi, observe, and or see what it is, see what it actually is, rather than see your ideas about it. Quite often, we're looking at something, and our presumptions, our preconceptions are so intense and so fear-based that even if we're told, you know, you could see into this more deeply, or this may not be what you think it is, uh, we'd rather cling, hang on to, grasp, or fixate on on our ideas about it because we feel safer. The ego mind, the self-centered mind, the mind which manifests as an individual being that needs protection, needs advancement, or needs something, or uh, whose life is always based on something else, something else. This isn't good enough, need something else. So initially, we, when we come into this kind of a teaching, we start to hear that right away. So train your mind, find out what this is. Train your, it's sometimes called the two wings of the bird, uh, the, the, uh, the using the intellectual approach, the conceptual approach, and using the intuitive approach or the, uh, strengthening the awareness uh, part of the consciousness. There's a thinking part, which is usually muscle-bound, because we, anytime anything happens, we immediately think about it. We, is it good? Is it bad? Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? What are they doing? Should they do that? Shouldn't they do that? Why are they doing that? It just goes on and on like that. Sometimes if you have had no mind training at all, you don't, you don't know about anything other than that circle. Those constant circles are going around. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. We're getting, we're getting somewhere. We're starting to make some progress. Uh, and this path, uh, progress is a misunderstanding. The word progress is... Uh, isn't even used a little bit. It's used if people really need that, then we can come up with some ideas about progress. But to focus on an over there feeling, over there their idea or a goal orientation, um, has a little bit has a little bit of um, um, help or support to it. But we tend the ego mind, the self centered mind, tends to emphasize that, and the merchandising mind tells to, tends to sell it to themselves and to others. Get in their foot in the door. Uh, sales. So these, uh, the Shila Samadhi and Prajna, are, are meant to be contemplated, and that uh, each person is going to understand that a little bit different than someone else. You're using that or understanding that uh, might not match up with some kind of traditional uh, way of working with it. So again, discipline or have some kind of a structure. And if we, if we did go into the ethical part of it or the morality part of it, my feeling about that is a lot different, I'm sure, than, it, than the morality that was taught a thousand years ago, where cultures were different, society was different. Uh, they did not have the Internet, as we all know. Uh, and the, the communication situation, education levels, and all that are so different. Our culture is so diverse. And here we have people, all these people in, in ancient times of general population did not do this. They might have gone to the, the temple, whatever the tradition, and made offerings or so on, but they didn't actually practice. You're actually doing today by meditating what monastics did in ancient times. So it's a different situation. Um, 
the ethical part would needs to come out of the awareness and not out of following rules. Um, even in the ancient tra uh, traditions, I can't remember which uh, sutra it is. Uh, uh, it's either Hokyo's uh, on mine or uh, Sandakai says, uh, don't follow, don't set up standards. Is it Hokyo's on mine? Uh, Sandakai. Yeah. So in Sandakai, or Sandakai translates as the equality of sameness and difference, which is just, just read the title. You don't have to read the sutra. Anything that's the same uh, is equal to anything that's different. It's called uh, non-dual advaita, non-duality. Everywhere it looks like there's two things, you're wrong. You're, you're not re relatively wrong or relatively, you're completely correct. But ultimately, you're wrong. And you've just, if you grasp that, you've just left the spiritual path. If, in fact, you can do that. I don't know if you can leave it, but you can have a much different uh, spiritual path than someone who is uh, endeavoring to see what is true, rather than someone who is trying to conclude something. So if, your mind, if you're working with your mind, you're training your mind, you're, 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 you're allowing, when I say allow, you're not interfering with your mind, you're allowing the negativity, you sit down, hold still, and first 10 minutes are fine, and then you have 20 minutes where you're starting to deal with or be maybe haunted by feelings that were, were coming out of a, you know, four weeks ago, four years ago, 40 years ago, or maybe another lifetime, possibly. Some other kind of negativities arising. Please, just let that come in the door. Be a good host. Just whatever, whatever. If you're sitting and holding still, whatever is happening in your, in your mind stream is totally appropriate. Don't miss your life. Don't object to your karma. Don't agree with your karma. Agreeing with your karma actually gets in the way. Don't promote positivity or negativity on the cushion. I'm not saying you might work with it, not work with it a little bit differently uh, in your everyday life, because then you're not only dealing with the causes and conditions that are coming out of your own uh, substrate, your own deep consciousness, your own Aliyavichnana or storehouse consciousness, but you're also dealing with all the other things that are coming going, other people, what they're saying, what they think, what you're thinking about, what they're thinking about, what you're thinking, what you're thinking about, what they're thinking about, what you're thinking about, what they're thinking. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't we don't really wouldn't really really describe it that way. But if you go and look at your conversation, we really do a lot of that. And sometimes it's really fun, and sometimes it really sucks. This is pretty good coffee. So the idea with uh, going back to the idea of ethics, if you're if you've worked, if you're, you're training your mind to be more clear when you what we call post meditation, you've been meditating maybe for an hour, maybe two hours, maybe you've just finished a retreat and you come out of that and you're, maybe you're not feeling so good. Maybe some of the negativity you were going through has caused difficulty for you. And you're, you know, you're just kind of tired of having negative feelings uh, still. And then you, then whatever's coming towards you in terms of the uh, environment, in terms of people in the environment, uh, because you've been training your mind, because you have been um, generous in other words, giving everything your attention and not not dividing things up, just letting your letting your mind flow without interruption, just observing, observing, kind of like watching clouds. Beautiful, but none of your business. You can't say anything. You can't tell clouds what to do. You really can't tell your thoughts what to do. If you think you can do that, you're wrong. You might have to find that yourself. Uh, I'm just pointing it out and you can come back later and say, you know, I was able to change my thoughts. No longer think anymore. And say, well, good luck. That won't last. Nothing lasts. Anything you can conclude is going to, what? It could exclude or it could explode. If you conclude it too tight, it will explode. And why? Because anytime you put energy this way, then the energy has to go the other way. It's just the nature of relative truth. So less is better. Unless it's meditation, in which case more is better at this point. So if you're if the spaciousness that you've been not interfering with in your mind as you're meditating over and over, day after day after day, eventually you won't know it because you can't find that. You cannot find awareness. You won't know how if there's an open dimension in your mind, as long as there's a self-centeredness that is looking for it. As long as there's an ego that's looking for what? Something else. I'm doing so good or something else. I'm doing so bad or all the nuance in between. So get up off the cushion, go into your world, your life, your candy store, your garage, your uh, 
a family uh, supper, uh, whatever may happen, and just receive, just, just, just receive. And if you do that and you're clear about that and you're not operating out of a bunch of standards or ideas or things you have to live up to, I'm not saying those couldn't be helpful, but when you clamp down on rules and laws and rights and wrongs, uh, then you miss the fundamental nature of, of our life. You actually miss your life. You settle for a, a, a obstructed, safe, secure, controlled situation where nothing's going to go wrong instead of living in an open dimension where you are uh, being with whatever arises. Just a way of talking about it. If you're in that kind of an openness, then the ethical part becomes obvious to you. You don't have to follow a rule. There are sometimes you might move in somebody's direction and push on them. And there's some there's other times where you would it could be a very similar situation where you don't push at all, but you don't come to conclusions about right and wrong. And well, they I need to push on them or I need to tell them off. And that's threatening to ego because ego wants to control everything. And it, 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 and it will tell you the propaganda of ego is you need me. Because what if you did something wrong? What if you did something that everybody thought was terrible and you got bad press? I was very lucky to have a teacher that uh, really didn't care about the press. And of course, he got a lot of bad press. He's still getting bad press. He's been dead for many years. All I know is if I hadn't met him, I would not be here because I did not want this person to live. I'm not exaggerating. Would have been hard, would have been hard to keep living. So Sheila Samadhi and Prajna. Sheila is the morality or is discipline or some kind of a structure, some kind of an understanding of what is occurring. And that can show up uh, just as simply as a, as a practitioner, as a meditator, as setting up a time to meditate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take uh, out of my 24 hours, I'm going to take an hour, not much. I'm going to take an hour, sit down, hold still, and not do anything. Just watch what continues to do stuff. Watch what moves. And the mind, the conditioned mind will continually to cough up stuff. Uh, and you might, you might be sitting and you might have a half an hour where not much happens. You might have a, the next half an hour, you might have all kinds of crazy stuff appearing and looking for approval or disapproval or ignorance, passion, aggression, and ignorance. So I'm fine with... Uh, not interrupting anything. If you have questions, I can continue to talk and I can also answer questions if you have about this or anything else. Tayo? Um, you've mentioned how you know this is a goalless path. I'm curious, how is um, seeing what moves not a goal? Because I said it was. <laughs> well, it's, it's not that it's goalless. It's just that the goal, uh, you know, kind of stretching it out into some kind of future. It's just a very simple, immediate, uh, it has more to do with intention. Uh, you, so you can't really see what moves, but you can endeavor, you can sit down, hold still, take, take uh, hold everything still that you can without being aggressive, hold still, and then intend to see what moves. And then what, what the awareness part does is see how impossible that is to do. It's just one failure after another. Uh, if, if there's a lot of success happening there, you're probably not seeing what's moving. You're concluding you actually have a slight lamination coming up over what's moving onto a success story about what's moving. It's a very, very subtle area of the mind. And it literally, I'm not saying there isn't somebody in here who's already the Buddha. Of course there is. There's, Buddha's always showing up to be critical of me. Go ahead. So... Um, you say, uh, you know, see what this is. And, um, don't see your preconceptions. Or, or no, see, you see them. You don't have to get rid of anything. You just, you just, if you see the preconception, you can also see right through it. You can see that what the preconception is covering up. But well, I thought I was doing that. And then if you think you're doing that, you're not. And then, well, now I'm seeing that what this is is infused with my preconceptions. And so, how can you see what something is? When it's rice clicking, persist. And what happens with persistence? I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happens with that is just a feeling of not knowing, which is very hard to get a credential out of not knowing. Very hard to get a credential because not knowing feels to the ego mind, the self centered mind, which is hard to find uh, because it just seems so solid and real. It's me. 
vote for myself. I know I am. But when you when you have that kind of falling over feeling of not knowing, then that's called uh, space. Uh, and when it's when you actually begin to see that that is the self, then it's then and we're calling it emptiness or anatta, emptiness of of self. There's no self. I'm not saying there isn't something there, but it's not a it's not a, an individual being. It's a discontinuous identity that comes and goes. If you go and make some rice pudding, it's the identity of somebody who's making rice pudding. If you eat the rice pudding, then it's the person eating the rice pudding. It's happening all the time. It's very simple, very direct, and it's obvious all the time. But we cover it up out of fear. We cover it up out of hope. We cover it, we cover it, we cover it, we cover it out of presumptions, ideas, judgments, on just a layer after layer, just like it's a, like a plywood factory, generating concepts that we prevent ourselves from seeing the completely naked situation, which we are we have been downloaded into this body-mind complex called a living being. You are not even a human, fundamentally. Humans are a temporary Halloween costume. I mean, it's temporary. It might, might last 70 years or more. It's temporary. And yet we see when we're here, we, we know we're going to die intellectually, but we don't really, really feel it. That happens to... Other people. And oh yeah, I'm sure I'm, I know it's gonna happen eventually, but I'll face that. What is that bridge? Yeah, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good idea to face it right now. Yes. Um, Wendy. What about when one is sitting and the time passes and you hear the bell and you don't recall anything that happened? Feeling spaced out, kind of like when you're going on autopilot when you're driving. Okay, I'm gonna have a one word response to it, and but I can also work further if you have further elaboration. That's awareness, that's awareness, not a thought process, some thought process, but basically, you concluded something that was the thought process. You concluded that you were spaced out, but there wasn't much of elaboration there. Other than the, that's a fairly loaded concept because it's a little critical, like it's something you shouldn't be. Am I correct in what you're saying? Yes, but that, that conclusion doesn't come until you get snapped out of it by the sound of the So just, just continue. <laughs> How long have you been meditating? Yeah, it's not very long, but just uh, nothing lasts. Any conclusion about meditation? Any state you come into will not last. It doesn't have, have duration. The whole idea of duration is a misunderstanding that eventually starts to change. And ego, self-centered mind, that's when you notice what your ego is when it starts to get worried about something. So, yeah, that's I call that awareness. And that's something that every meditator uh, sooner or later goes. Some some people, depending on your particular style of confusion, your particular style of trying to be somebody, your particular style of trying to avoid reality, just put it bluntly, uh, will show up differently. Some people don't experience that for until they've been doing it for years. And some people experience it right away. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means that the way in which a person's mind is functioning, uh, they'll run into that kind of thing at different uh, levels. It's uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, my first teacher, uh, had a series of his talks. Um, it was uh, compiled, and talks are interesting, but I was like book titles. And his, the book title for this was uh, Journey Without Goal. It's like, is it, could, you, could you paraphrase that and say a journey where you don't know where you're going? You could. It's kind of spaced out. So uh, the spaced out part is just uh, first thought, first thought, best thought. You just, I seem spaced out. No problem. Just come back and sit. When it's time to sit again, come back and notice that it won't be the same. Or it might be slightly the same, but then it's just slightly gray in that area. Or, or, or you weren't quite as spacious. There's a lot of space there, but there was something happening there that you don't know exactly what it was. You just And it's just a, it's an endless, it's just like, it's like sitting in the front row and watching a stage and just one co one uh, being with a costume comes after another. And they, it's like a review, a constant review of actors on the stage. More? That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Isan. Yeah, I was just wondering if you could 
and how, in what way, is seeing the truth not a concluding? Um, to see the truth is a is a way of talking about it, but if you actually see the truth, then nothing really occurs. But nothing, nothing's concluded. To conclude something, you have to have other things coming together to conclude something, and that stops happening. So then there's still conclusions coming and going, but there's no concluder, and uh, there's fundamentally no conclusion. That's still, it's still, uh, you just, uh, if you're still embodied in a human form, you just see everything as an illusion all the time. And you can't brag about it. You can't say, I see everything as illusion. How about you guys? <laughs> so you can't, you can't really get a, uh, sometimes it's called Buddha Dharma without credentials. You can't really get a credential. You can't get a, whew, made it. After all this work, I meditated for 300 years and finally, it's like a, a, there's no guarantee. That's a, one of the first things I heard out of my teacher's mouth was no guarantee. I thought, I don't know what I thought, but I, I was kind of perplexed by that. I, I liked hearing that, but I thought, well, why would we do this if we don't, we don't get some kind of a reward? More? I was wondering if, if, then, if, if seeing the truth is also empty yeah, we're starting to move into an area where there's a lot of concepts to kind of cover the explain or you know so we're not left with too much to too much open space but open space is also relative so there's both space and no space there's both it's like there's no depth in anything that vanishes but yeah yet, but yet there's endless i mean uh, one uh, real re strong relative example of it, I can, you know, if you go out here and stand in the parking lot, look down, there's the, the that stops right there. That's, that's the extent of the space right there. And just all you have to do is look up, <clears throat> nothing stops. But we, since we see it all the time, we just kind of well, take it for granted, but it's uh, endless. Uh, absolute truth is right here, not separate from this. And that's just a simple way of talking about it. Um, I'm sorry, you copied before form. Good. Doesn't mean. What is, can you speak about the difference or similarity between awareness and consciousness? Mm -hmm. So different ways are similar words, different ways of talking about it. And then the way I like to say uh, the consciousness is happening everywhere. This is everything is consciousness. And a uh, simple way of, uh, you know, just like your food's being digested without your control or permission, uh, sometimes they uh, meant to be humorous. But if you were uh, put in charge, totally in charge of all of your body completely uh, as, as awareness, you wouldn't be able to do it. You wouldn't be able to digest your food. You wouldn't know how to make sure you have enough, uh, uh, enough of this uh, nutrient or whatever in different parts of your organs and so on to make you you'd probably die pretty quickly. If, if everything was just uh, put on, uh, uh, taken off from an uh, automatic pilot, which would be consciousness, and put into awareness, which is just a specific awareness of this. Aware awareness seems to be more about um, things in terms of concepts or, or the six sense fields, including the mind. You're actually aware of the color blue. You're aware of. So awareness is a form of ignorance because when you're, if I'm aware of, uh, uh, of this uh, computer, I'm ignoring everything else. So it's a very relative situation. So more. Uh, you say consciousness is everywhere. Can you say more about what you mean by that? Yes, it's nowhere else, but everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Settle with this <laughs> Very zenny. Yeah. Except it's not a cologne. It's not a perfume. Zenny is not. Didn't they name a perfume uh, samsara or something? <laughs> you see all these Sanskrit words coming up for products because they have that romantic sound to them. Laura. Um, could you expand on your comments over the where you said, uh, I believe you said ethical behavior comes out of awareness, not following rules. Yes. Given the fact that practice has a lot of guidelines for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you need some structure. 
but the structure we have uh, for for practicing and so on is based on centuries, centuries, and centuries of, uh, of 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 seeing that we really need some kind of grounding, some kind of a shape, some kind of a of an environment, some kind of a uh, mandala, some kind of uh, uh, the other simple word is container um, to sit down and hold still uh, creates a container for the consciousness. If you start, to, if you move your arm just slightly, it's not that that is going to stop your awareness from operating in terms of your thought patterns or emotions or feelings or memories. It's just that it, it, anytime there's any movement, that's why walking meditation is fine. Go ahead and do it. But I don't even teach it. Even though I was taught, I did that for decades. I stopped doing it because I would rather see you sit down and hold still and look at the wall. If you need a break, go walk around, but make it your, that's why I teach it that way so that you, Let's try to tell me stuff. What did I do wrong? <laughs> so if you need to do something, I would rather see if you have 15 people all sitting and facing the wall. Traditionally is don't do anything until the timekeeper tells you to. I think that's a misunderstanding. It only took me three decades to see that, of doing that and saying, and I didn't come to a conclusion about it. I just stopped doing it. I don't remember thinking that. It's like after I stopped doing it, when, I, when I'm asked about it, then this is what shows up is I think each person who with their own body-mind complex needs to decide when they need to walk and not have that imposed by some uh, that's over overkill, over control. And so we need some kind of a form, but we don't need to overdo it. And sometimes it takes a long time to see how much to have the form. And then maybe, well, maybe we could eliminate this just like when the Buddha, just before his parinirvana or his death, he said, you know, those 250 rules for monks, do away with those. I think that's a that's an indirect quote. <laughs> but and then he came back and said, "Well, let's keep some of them, but don't." But then he didn't tell anybody. I think that was deliberate. That's why the eighteen different right after he passed, boom, people are like, well, "I think he meant this. I think he meant that." I think. And, then, and that's why Buddhism is still here because of the, because of that spread of all those different ideas about what the Buddha was saying. So uh, and then like we have sixteen precepts, uh, as you know. Um, uh, more about that, or uh, did I cover your? I could say more, but if you want to take me further into that, yeah, just, just the fact that the precepts exist and they are guidelines for ethical behavior, and the time that uh, ethical behavior comes out of awareness, not following rules. Mm -hmm. So we have rules to follow, we do, but you're saying that uh, you know, awareness is the Okay, I'll say it this way. The th three peer precepts, you're familiar with those? Be good. Uh, uh, don't do harm. Uh, do good and save all beings. So, I mean, but how that shows up to each person, there needs to be enough openness there because there's sometimes you need to just leave your neighbor alone and not do anything. And another time you need to go over there and take that stick away from them for, uh, so they can't continue to beat whoever they're beating. So it's like, mind your own business, but not every time, not always so. Uh, Suzuki Roshi, the title of his, one of his books is not always so. <clears throat> this is why it's necessary for us to function. And you could even say, trust ourselves or give ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we're going to be able to work with our intelligence in such a way that we're not constantly following rules. The rules will get in the way of good behavior. And you actually would be breaking a precept by not going over and taking, uh, taking that stick away from that person. On the other hand, you can go the other way and say, well, <clears throat> um, it's dependently arisen, so uh, it's just happening. I, I don't want to interfere with their karma. You know, a bunch of other baloney that can come out of our uh, self-centered mind about being right and not being wrong. So it might feel risky to function that way, but probably ethically it would be more appropriate. Most Buddhists that I've met misunderstand dependent origination, misunderstand the actual teaching of the Buddha. They think they they still think there's a right and wrong, and that's a misunderstanding. And uh, um, but I, you know, I'm not here to argue about that particularly. You can take any position you want. More. So so out of the space though, because every it's situational. Uh, what was it, Bonhoeffer, uh, the philosopher, uh, yeah, philosopher talked about situation ethics, and other philosophers did where it was a situation that you see what is ethical to do not some kind of rule that's going to fit everything. Uh, life is just too, too complicated to, to do that. So do good. 
what, probably the best thing is to not do anything. If you don't do anything, then the, the need to actually walk into that situation is probably going to overpower your your uh, your uh, um, observing your preceptives. Uh, do good. Be with all things. You just need to be with the person beating their dog. Nah. At the same time, uh, <laughs> you don't step into a situation that you that you're projecting ideas onto that that you're actually reacting to the idea. You need to see the situation clearly. How do you do that? You find out who this is. Find out who you are. It's, it's frightening to look and see who you are because the closer we get to who you are, the less we see. It's called emptiness. Very difficult to see this without a teacher, without a teaching, without a practice or a form or a, a monastery or a, um, um, what's this place called? It's sanctuary. Without a sanctuary and without a form, without sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Well, maybe you can't. Maybe you have something else to do. That's not wrong. It's just you have something else to do. So don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself. If you, if you can give yourself some understanding, then it's easier for you to extend that to others. But if you're shutting down on yourself and, and treating yourself disrespectfully in some way and justifying with some kind of dumb uh, conclusions about things, then you're probably going to be not so easy to get along with. Further questions? Does mean? Well, you say that get to know yourself, and do we get to know ourselves whilst we're sitting, or do we get to know ourselves as a result of sitting? A little of each. It's just like the image I use of the sharpening the knife. When you pull the knife away from the vegetables, sit down, sharpen the knife. It's, it's probably doesn't. It's kind of boring. You're sharpening the way you're sitting there, sharpening the blade of awareness by watching what moves without interfering by watching so that strengthens the the insight aspect of the consciousness so you're actually able to receive things fearlessly it takes a long time there's some people more than others and nothing is concluded but we begin to understand the fundamental nature of conclusions this is the nature of conclusion ignorance and this is also the the nature of uh of uh exclusions don't do anything with it uh, if you're going to do anything, then include. Of the, how many includes are there? Three includes: exclude, conclude, and include. Include works okay. Yeah, you can, you can let let the mice come into the house. No. About the Sunyas house. Um, when I'm looking at what this is, I'm continuously coming to conclusions. So what is this when it's not a conclusion? If you if you notice you're coming to conclusions, then that's that's a that's beginning. That's awareness where the awareness is more powerful or more clear than the form that is coming into that space we call awareness or consciousness. So when you see that you're doing that, don't interfere with that. It's like watching somebody. When you take care of children. Your whole business is about uh, child care. You know, to watch, you, you notice uh, yourself in your situation where you're watching two children kind of disagreeing or arguing. So you're watching that happen. And there's a point where you need to step in. And you know what that point is. But it's not all, it's not a rule you're following. You just kind of sense by watching. You watch when the, the disturbance on one end gets more and more intense. And these are four year olds. Uh, there's a time when you, uh, when the conclude, when the conclusion concludes itself. You don't think your way, but you're just really clear about what's happening. I'm sure I'm describing something fairly close to what happens because, uh, you know, but that's something that's, uh, that area is uh, very simple and works okay. Much more difficult when you're dealing with adults or, or, or society or uh, family situations, uh, the Sangha situations. It's much more difficult, but you have a, a great, uh, that's why you're there to learn things. They're not there to learn. They're there to teach you. Tiny teachers, you've heard of that, right? I think I gave that talk one time. <laughs> yes. But even a thought for me is a conclusion. To observe something and say, this is what I'm observing, um, it feels like a conclusion. So I'm just really confused at how to take this constantly moving stream and then, and then, and then see the stream in this thing that I separated from. Stop trying to take it. Don't do anything with it. Just what, your, your only job is awareness. Everything else needs to come out of 
the awareness as not an activity. You might see it, but you witness the activity when it's happening. You don't come up with a conclusion before and then decide to act. If you're deciding to do stuff, uh, you're trapped. Not bad. It's just that you're 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 actually uh, trapped in causes and conditions that arise as your karma without being aware of them. Without being aware of them. So when you're aware of them, then then you you may you're able to see. So it's called discriminating awareness wisdom. You're able to see the areas where you need to get on board the bus. There's some buses pull into the station. You get on. Other buses you pull in. You don't get on, and you don't make a choice about it. If it's if you're making choices. Uh, then you're, uh, then it's a misunderstanding. I mean, then you're doing it out of out of uh, hope and fear. You don't hope. Well, I hope it's a work, or I, I fear if I don't do this. So I, that's why I say the best thing to do uh, is don't do anything. But don't take your eyes off from it. Don't stop receiving what's happening. But don't don't come to a conclusion about it. What's the word? Prematurely or um, yeah, that would work. Just wait. Wait until you have to do it. And you could say, or anybody could say, well, if I wait too long, the, the, you know, the coyote is going to run off the cliff. I need to stop the coyote from doing that. I'm confused in how you can see anything without coming to a conclusion. So it's not about when I say don't come to a conclusion. I know you can't help it. I can't help it. I come to conclusions all the time. So by saying don't come to conclusions, what, 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 what happens to the awareness? You just start noticing, witnessing how much you keep concluding. And if you just watch that, then the energy that the, that, that activity of concluding uh, gets, it starts to show up. It's like watching an engine run and run an uh, uh, internal combustion engine, a gasoline engine, watching that run. And how, how does that work? And then at some point, you actually see the fuel line. And you think, well, I could stop that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it would be that precise and simple, but I mean that's a that's a metaphor. It's not a very good one, but it's uh, it's yeah. If it has value, it's because it's so simple, and if it has a weakness, it's because it really doesn't fit that kind of a situation. It's not that hard uh, hard edge uh, phenomena that's arising. It's much more complicated. But the that comes out of confidence, and that confidence is not based on success and failure. It's based on insight, and and the insight that is there is not everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual thing, entity, self. Everything has the example I use, a metaphor I use. Uh, you might look at the mouth of the Amazon and see one big flowing body of water. Where did that come from? Uh, tell me the source. I mean, there are sources are all the tributaries way up into the mountains uh, in South America right on through all the, the forests that were burning down there. So it's it's one thing, and yet it's, it's many things, the equality of sameness and difference. Go ahead. Well, I've been looking at this motor for 20 years, and then all of a sudden it's a dragon. Stop adding. Don't stop adding. I've been looking at this for 20 years. Well, I don't, I just, uh, how do you see something that never stops? That's how you see it. But you concluded that it never stops. <laughs> Looking for success. Success and failure, it's, it's all the polarities. It, it's not that we don't see the polarities, but remember that anytime you have one thing, if you have any kind of idea, thought, a conclusion any, about anything, you're going to have its opposite. And you can't have this without its opposite. Just like the simple one, uh, good and evil. And we, we get the meaning of good from evil. So ultimate good is uh, does not have an opposite. Just like even in the relative world, just like the parking lot and infinite space, or you could say a, a, a black void and a ball of fire in the middle of nowhere. It's polarized, but you can't pick one over the other. So it's about seeing it. It'll pick itself. I mean, it'll, the, the, it's choiceless. I don't know how else to say it. That's a difficult concept to talk about without it being some mystical feeling where things are choiceless. It's probably very pragmatic and very, uh, very um, dense in terms of it. It feels like something that's actually there. It doesn't have an opposite. More. I'm glad I was able to explain that. <laughs> I guess I'm 
there's a tension in between those opposites. Okay, I'm having a hard time seeing the space in between. Just, just continue. Let's see, just, just continue to look at that. See, okay. this is just a semantical thing, but um, can you, if you have a conclusion but recognize it's a conclusion, is that in a way um, suspending the conclusion? If you if you kind of go, I'm I know this is a conclusion. I really can't take it seriously as a concrete thing. I mean, even that turns into a conclusion about your conclusion. It's just it's just a matter of. Just, I understand what you said. Now ask me the question. It's just a matter of keep. No. Ask me the question. Is it a matter? Uh, um, functionally, is it is it a matter of just suspending your belief and your conclusions? No. No, it is a matter of uh, just before uh, you conclude, then uh, consciousness, just before it's filled up with concluding. So it's not so much about backing up, it's just the awareness needs to be all over the place. And it can't be all over the place if it's uh, wrapped up in any kind of activity or non-activity or stopping something or starting something. Excuse me. Then the conclusion, um, like when you uh, said, I can't remember exactly how you said, well, I can see that I'm coming to a conclusion, but uh, that kind of thing. That's 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 actually covering up uh, the situation and trying to validate something. So the idea there is that just be aware of the conclusion without any commentary, no elaboration on the conclusion. Just, just it, it feels kind of uh, well depersonalized. It feels kind of lonely, like you, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Just kind of a, a sense of loss could start to arise. At the same time, the entire situation which you might be uh, talking about is uh, pretty open because there's no one there claiming any credit for anything. There's no one there manipulating or not manipulating. It's just an open dimension of being. It can feel very desolate. <coughs> When I say desolate, I don't mean necessarily negative, but you can't find much going on there. So it's open. It's a little bit like uh, what Wendy was talking about, her experience of being spaced out, except you're spaced out, but you see a lot of forms and shapes. You just don't know what they are. You don't know if they're good things or bad things, and it's not a problem. It's just an open dimension of being. If you know what you're doing or what you're not doing, uh, in the relative sense, that work seems to work, work okay. Work okay, but if you're going beyond that into valuing some things you're doing and devaluating other things, then we're, we're caught in the labyrinth uh, of, uh, you know, Pan's labyrinth. We're caught in it's good and it's bad and it's scary and it's uh, uh, interesting and all the other uh, feelings that can arise in that kind of a dynamic form. What's the difference then between daydreaming and being spaced out? Same thing. Daydreaming might be a different take on this being spaced out. You might have some content there, where it's spaced out. All the only content you have there is your concepts that are arising out of a feeling of being kind of lost in some kind of a bardo or intermediate, intermediate state. Go ahead. So if one is sitting on the sofa and one's mind wanders and one is daydreaming. Would that be me sitting there and you or... <laughs> One. Me sitting there and my mind is wandering. Okay, good. Got it. Go ahead. Is that is that meditating? No. That's daydreaming. So I'll go further and say, what's the difference between this posture and sitting on the couch and thinking about shellfish? Similar. Sheila, exactly. Thank you. Sheila Samadhi and Prajna. What's the, the Sheila part is you're going to, you're deliberately, intentionally sitting down. You're taking that aspect of the mind, which is the body. Body's just an aspect of the mind. You, you, who you are, this is temporary. Who you are can't be stopped, can't be started. Who you are doesn't come into existence, can't pass out of existence. It's called a spiritual path. Realize it. And you will be, to use a relative word, you'll be fearless. Nothing can take your your understanding away because it it never you never acquired it in the first place. You've always had it. 
So you're sitting on the couch <coughs> like this, or you're sitting on the zafu like this. What's the difference? Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, discipline. Sit down, put your body in a form and, and hold it in that position so that you can see more clearly all of the formless things that are happening in the consciousness of the mind and the memory or and just all the fog that comes and goes, just like uh, what Wendy was saying about her experience of being spaced out, that is meditation. It's not a, it's not a goal. It's an, just an understanding, and it can show up that way. That may never come back again, uh, and yet it may come back for three more weeks, or it may go away for a year, and then, then you might go through a whole session where there's a lot more of that happening because it is dependently, <coughs> excuse me, it's dependently, dependently arisen until it's not. So it's causes and conditions. This, you know, the weather, the timing, the day, the the, the karma that you came into this world with, uh, the karma of your parents, all the things that were just totally untraceable. You know, the uh, tributary streams like in the Amazon going off into the darkness. You cannot find the first cause from it. And this is why praise and blame don't work. You can praise somebody for bring, being a great, uh, you know, the most famous librarian in the world. There is someone probably... <laughs> somewhere, uh, or someone that just uh, can't even read. You, you can, but causes and conditions are behind that. So right and wrong, success and failure, and all of that, it's just an elaboration based on, on wanting something, a gaining idea, wanting to get more and more and more. You're not wrong, just, uh, just not very comfortable. Questions? Mm -hmm. When we were talking about the difference between awareness and consciousness. Mm -hmm. You said that awareness is a form of ignorance. Mm -hmm. And if I said that, but I said if you're aware of this, you're ignoring everything else. You can't help but ignore. That's right. No more. But so even given that, with awareness, there's ignorance, and we're talking about obeying precepts or rules, but what about the conventional rules of just everyday situations? And there's awareness of a situation. How do how can we respond or how can there be response? I don't know how to ask it. Well, <clears throat> as far as you're going, I'm following you. So if you have just a question about it, I'll endeavor to respond. I don't know if I can answer it. Any, anytime there's awareness of a situation and we're still involved in this relative mechanical situation of conventional truths, mm -hmm. how can we work with it without obeying the rules of conventional truth? Well, you should. I mean, if you like, you don't run red lights. Don't do that. You don't, that's conventional. Uh, and the way to, you know, you could look and say there's a red light, but there's nothing coming and I can go through and but so that but the, there might be times when you're when you're you're in an emergency where you might need to do that. So relatively speaking, you might need to go through that conventional set instead of saying no. I'm going. I'm going through. It's a red light, you know. While the person that you're trying to get to the hospital is dying in the back seat. This is a simplistic idea, but it's like that. You have to. It has to be situational. If you're to actually function out, out of what's happening, it has to be situation. So therefore. Uh, from the point of view of who you are and your ability to succeed or do the right thing or get a credential out of it. Uh, sometimes uh, the, the, that's what we're really looking for. We're looking at trying to be right, trying to be correct. And there is no right and wrong. Even that wouldn't be correct. Or even the, yeah, go ahead. So the red light example, it's not always right to stop or right or wrong. Sometimes you wouldn't stop, but it's still kind of a, more of a concrete example. Red means stop most of the time. Green means go. But a lot of situations are so complex that there isn't there isn't that generally that you do this. I, I follow you. I follow you. So what's the question? So how do you work without unseen in an unseen way following the rules versus responding? I can tell you. I can say based on my understanding. Don't do anything unless you have to. It's called patience. Or anything unless you have to. If you're doing something that you don't have to do, you're, you're, you can look and see, what's the intention behind doing this that I don't have to do? Uh, it could be habit. Could it be somebody else's expectation? I should be doing this because I'm tied into what they think of me. Mm -hmm. anyway, don't do anything unless you And that, that includes opening 
your mouth and includes uh, anything, even meditating. Well, meditate unless you have to. How would you do that? What's in it for you? You have to be very pragmatic about it. We're all here because of dissatisfaction with what's happening in our everyday situation. That could change. You could uh, things could start working out, and you could totally ignore this. Or you know, go ahead, Rashid. What if you think you are doing something, and you're not sure why you're doing it? What should you do? Well, there again, it's, it's situational. Mm-hmm. If it's something you've been doing for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, then you, you might want to just uh, continue to train your mind. If there's already the momentum of doing that. Don't do anything unless you have to. In other words, don't stop doing that. So it's a, a stopping and starting sometimes gets confused. We, we go the other way because we want the credential. We want to be right. We want to come to some kind of, kind of conclusion and feel better. You may have to actually live your life as it's showing. However your life is showing up right now is appropriate. Your karma is don't miss your life. Just be whoever you are and train your mind to see more clearly. The very best thing you can do is to, um, is to train your mind, sit down, hold still, watch the confusion. The Buddha did not awaken to, uh, as I say sometimes, uh, butterflies and lily pads. Do I usually say that? The Buddha did not awaken to that wonderful God realm or heaven realm. The Buddha awoken to intense suffering and horror. And, and he saw it. He saw it totally and completely and saw that it was unreal. And... Uh, and that was his realization. Everything is dependent. All this has dependently arisen. And parts of this think that there's separations and beings. And, and when he saw that, he became or saw that he was the awakened one. And everyone he saw, he saw every being that he saw, he also saw was not separate from the Buddha. They were also awake, uh, but they have it covered up based on fear. They don't want to. And so the path, that's when the path started for teaching people. That was confusing to me, too. <laughs> She's trying to steal her glasses. <laughs> I see that there's questions out here. Oh, okay. You can go ahead and so, talk those. Greg B. says, hi, if you're taking questions online, please, what is the benefit of preparing for death and not just crossing that bridge when it comes? Thank you. So the, the death, the body-mind going, uh, the, uh, the, these, uh, the old sensorium, everything going back into the elements of uh, uh, earth, water, fire, air, and space, um, you know, that's going to happen. Nobody's gotten out of that yet that we know of. So you could just do that. Go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. Don't do anything else you have to. But if, you, if, if, if this is a consideration for you, this may be a lifetime. I'm not saying there's you had other ones, but probably. Uh, but this may be a lifetime where you might want to do this differently. You might want to not just be on default and go into that and take all the unexamined karma that's been created t- lifetime after lifetime, day after day, month after month, year after year. Just in this lifetime, look at all the, the karma we've created by fighting with this and agreeing with that. It's not just the fighting, it's the agreeing too. So examine that see what that is so that so that when this body mind does <clears throat> uh, collapse and go down you you have found before that happens you find out who you are who you actually are you find out your actual identity which is not a self and when you find out who that is not threatened you're, you're, it's not that you're going to go die uh, but you go whatever's happening you work with that so but there's no threat and you're, you're, there's so much uh, of, uh, no threat that you, you're not really concerned about what happens after death. If you continue, fine. If you don't continue, fine. Not concerned for that. And that's because you need a cause is because you've, you've understood you're just not separate. You're not separate from anything. It's coming and going. Not separate. They're, they're just It's an illusion that there are separate beings. And it's quite funny to see that. See people's grasping and fighting and, and actually are willing to just totally, if somebody gets into a charismatic, powerful situation, they're willing to actually torture and kill and murder and cause pain to other people just to be happy because power gives them happiness, but it doesn't last. And, but they're not open for any information and the causes and conditions that arise as that particular what dictator or oligarch or whatever, uh, they're, they're, it's, 
It's not their fault. No, all dharmas are without blame. But nobody's to blame. It's not that we shouldn't do something about it. Maybe we should. But we need to be really we need to really appreciate everything that's happening in order to really understand it. I mean, all this started eons ago. We've been having what's the war I always talk about? Peloponnesian. The Peloponnesian War. You want to go back and try to stop that war? That might be a better place to start. But then there's all the wars before then and all the chaos and all the passion, passing, aggression, destroying, and ignorance shutting down. Find that within within yourself. And don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Don't ignore it. And it, it can't, within this particular uh, amazing situation we call human consciousness, whatever kind of consciousness it is that, that runs out of steam as a, as a self. Yes, goes on. Sometimes you say, well, you've said it here, um, don't come to conclusions and you talk about awareness of conclusions. And then you said, you, at, you said to ask yourself, what is the question? What is your intention? Yes. So are we looking for an answer? Oh, that felt pretty good. <laughs> we may be, we may be, but whatever comes up, uh, maybe nothing will come up. Maybe something will come up. Um, it's, it's always about awareness. Uh, it's when we add on that makes things like if, if we're looking for an answer and nothing comes up, then there's some disappointment. That's adding. And then there's a commentary on the disappointment. That's more adding. So eventually we've got uh, three different uh, elaborations on top of the very thing that that was was uh, that was available to be what included or be aware of. But we've backed away from it by all of our ideas and examinations. That's why the sitting practice of meditation is so powerful. It's always taking you back to what Jumper Bajay calls square one. Right back to the one that I've used, uh, which doesn't work anymore because we so seldom have to do this, is control, delete. Just back to square one. Return, return, return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha. This is a, a vow. You don't have to do that officially, but you might want to reflect on uh, the teacher, what is being taught, and the community Those are important aspects that, that work in different ways, depending on what kind of stress or struggle, the difficulty you're having with your practice or your mind, especially relative to the society we're in. Uh, this is why I don't teach in a conventional way. The, the traditional book taught by Tibetan tantric practices. I've done them. They're very complicated, but I think uh, I'm the um, conclusion that I've come to uh, which I didn't conclude it, it just concluded, uh, is you need to train your mind by watching the mind, not filling the mind full of other stuff. Uh, if you need to do that, then well, we can do that also. But I do that individually with people, not not just as a blanket teaching the way the Tibetans do or the way the Zen teachers do or any teacher does. So it's always, it's very individual. But it doesn't, nothing was concluded. It's just that's the way it is. So there's no... Conclusion happening. Pardon, pardon all my nose blowing. Yes. Uh, two questions have come in from the monastery in Battle Creek. Uh, the first one from Jews on what is being tired of negative thoughts? What is being tired of negative thoughts? <laughs> just, just consciousness that's wrapped up in itself that wants something else. Just the imputation that there's somebody doesn't want that and thinks there's some way around that or some way to stop that or uh, there's lots of ways of abandoning neg abandoning negativity it's to blame something to blame yourself the apparent self the imputed self or the imputed other uh, or uh, rather than just understand it's just dependent origination if they're arising then they're arising uh, because of causes and conditions and the, the downside is may not feel very comfortable, just like bad weather doesn't feel comfortable. But it's none of your business, even though you're experiencing it. Have you noticed that? Weather is none of your business. Even though you're you're out in the, you know, you're complaining about your umbrella collapsing. You know, you're not really blaming who you should be. is the weather. Blame the weather. Darn weather. So uh, that's just an area where the word I sometimes use, just include. You don't have to make a big deal out of it, but just 
allow a lot changes in the negativity arising in your mind if you don't run off to who, what, what's causing it. Even if you can find a relative situation that caused it, probably didn't cause it, it just triggered it. It's your negativity. So if you have unexamined, I sometimes use, the, you know, unexamined negativity somewhere, you might go for months without knowing about that. And then somebody looks at you, uh, does something, a little thing that's not much, but it triggers because of the resonance there. It triggers that negativity. And instead of you being aware that that, that fear, whatever maybe is coming out of being triggered, is your fear, your negativity. Uh, your when I say your, I mean your particular consciousness dynamic showing up in in this body form, and uh, and it's just about uh, observing that. Not easy to do, and it, it's impossible to do unless you have a lot of mind training that you've been practicing. So when that shows up, you practice being uh, practiced uh, giving everything your attention enough so that that is a is something that you're actually able to do with this negativity that has been triggered by somebody else that is not their fault, that is not your fault. It's not even the negativity's fault. It's just causes and conditions, you know, kind of an impersonal dynamic that's going on everywhere that people want to keep making something of it. Yes, Rusheen. Is there value in reliving that and, and communicating around that or is, is, is it dependent on the situation? Sometimes just ignoring it. Yeah. So less, less is better. Wouldn't do anything with it. it certainly wouldn't, uh, wouldn't fuel it. Or uh, if you're talking about anytime you're talking with any about with anyone who is not has no uh, awareness training at all, who's just living as if everything is solid and real, and people are to blame and people get credit. If you're talking in that world, less is better. Just listen. Put everything on receive. Click. You see, because you are not going to be able to negotiate with this world called samsara. It's called delusion. And this doesn't mean you have to avoid it or stay out of it altogether and go to a mountaintop like they did a thousand years ago, uh, be a, a lever of home like we talked about earlier. But you can just be with whatever's happening and continue to train your mind and and just work with uh, the negativity that shows up, work with the confusion and uh, the way... Uh, uh, be with somebody without fixing them or helping them or entering into their confusion too much, but without ignoring it also. Like I was saying earlier, just being just being with somebody. You don't have to have any bright ideas about anything. Uh, wait for them to accuse you of not having bright ideas. You can wait a while. And they can say, so why don't you help me? You're just sitting here. Ever had that happen? And then you can just say, probably in all honesty, I don't know what to do. Sounds difficult. And you could you could do that, and might it might lighten everybody's load a little bit. Just uh, not not always know everything about everything. What's going on? Even though it's obvious, this person is creating their own pile of crap by start running in circle and beating on this, and beating on that, and then you happen to show up and they start beating on you. I mean, maybe not physically, but intellectually or emotionally. You know. You, if you hadn't done that, look what you just did. You've never been there before. Look what you just said. <laughs> it's it's a it's a hype. You know, get off stage. I mean, you don't have to leave the theater, but get into the front row and relax. You know, get some popcorn. We'll come back down and watch you, your metaphor and the other person's metaphor argue on stage. Go ahead. There's some difficulty around that and not engaging in that tied to compassion and saving all beings yeah. or something. So <clears throat> yeah. be really clear about what you're engaging in, right? Yeah, and also don't ignore your the first five sense fields. Because uh, quite often, anytime there's any fear or hope, we attempt, we start to suck up into the thinking process and validate and devalue everything that's happening and judge it. We don't, nothing gets, nothing gets into our experience unless it's processed through the conceptual mind first. So we can think we know what it is, we're protected, we know who's right, who's wrong. It's just a mess. Yeah. You know, it's just, it is. But, but if you just include a couple of your senses, as you're, as you're in this intense situation with someone, maybe receiving a lot of, uh, difficulty from someone, maybe some blaming or some complaining or, Life is 
terrible for me. <clears throat> you could stay in your sense fields. Don't forget gravity. It's not forgetting you, as you hear me say endlessly. And stay in your senses, how your clothes feel. Stay in the sense of color. Just register the color red without any addition so that you, you don't even know what, what to call it, pointing at your coffee urn. Uh, just re register the color pink. What am I talking about now? Pink elephant. I just imagined one. So it's an open dimension. You're, you're actually, you can create anything you need. You can create, I, I can fill this place full of angels. No problem. Wait a minute. Stop it. Show off. Wait till you get arthritis. What's okay. that? First time in 25 years. I like to brag. If you can fill it full of angels, you follow me? You can fill it full of devils. It's not your choice. That's, that's choiceless. Do you think you have a choice? You have a big misunderstanding, and your karma is going to continue to spin. Am I condemning you to something? No, I'm, just, I'm probably wrong. So just all you have to do is be in whatever you're there, and if it feels successful, it's probably you're <coughs> fooling yourself. Huh? See any angels? Huh? <laughs> Further questions? We're way past the uh, timing when things normally top going. Very good, thank you. Thank you.